Your persistent pursuit will make things happen in your life. Seven seven five seven. The Power of Pursuit, Part Three. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. <laughs> we welcome all of you joining us by television, and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com, Facebook Live. Thank you for streaming us live and tuning in to today's service. Always a wonderful, wonderful delight and joy to have you to join us. We'd like to share just a little humor. A middle-aged woman, she had had a heart attack, and she was on the operating table. And she asked God if, if this was it. He said, no, you have 40 more years. So upon recovery, she decided to stay in the hospital, and she had a major facelift and tummy tuck liposuction. She just had an extreme makeover. And about two months later, as she was leaving the hospital, she got hit by a car and died. And she got to heaven and she said, God, I thought you said I had 40 more years. God said, girl, I didn't recognize you. (laughs) Well, we've been sharing this series entitled The Power of Pursuit. The Power of of pursuit and this is part three the power of pursuit we're talking about the power of pursuing your dreams the power of pursuing your purpose power of pursuing your destiny the power of pursuing God's promises for your life And in this series, we've talked a lot about this principle that the Bible highlights over and over and over again, the pursuit principle. And it speaks of strong determination, strong tenacity. It speaks of a strong, relentless, purposeful effort that refuses to quit, that refuses to take no for an answer, refuses to be denied This is something that won't allow obstacles to stop it. And this is actually a powerful principle that the Bible speaks of, that if you really want something in life, you want to get something in life, anything worthwhile, you're going to have to be willing to pursue it. And you're going to have to be willing to have the tenacity to stick it out, to go after it, to overcome obstacles. There will always be obstacles whenever you are pursuing something worthwhile. In fact, Isaac Barrow, he said, nothing of weight or worth can be achieved with half a mind, with a faint heart, and with a lame endeavor. That means you're going to have to really put something into it. You got to go after it like you really want it, like you really mean it. And you're going to have to put energy and focus and effort and time. And you're going to have to be willing to persist and persevere. And you're going to have to overcome obstacles and go through things and stick it out until you get what you're after. That's the spirit of pursuit that we've been studying. I heard a story about a little pilot. He was on the beach 
and he had prepared a lunch on the beach and he was enjoying his lunch and this little bumblebee came flying around him just buzzing around him after his lunch and he fanned him off and that little bumblebee came right back and he fanned him even harder and this time the bumblebee just came right back he grabbed a book and slammed that bee into the sand and the pilot smiled he said that'll teach him a lesson well that little bee he just buzzed around in the sand for a moment and he came right back up he came right back at it so the pilot knocked him again with the book but this time he took his foot and stumped him and twisted his foot and just drove him deep down into the earth he said well that should be the end of that (laughs) bumblebee and the pilot noticed he looked over and he noticed he saw the sand moving after a few moments he saw the sand moving and it kept moving and before you know it coming up from under the sand that little bumblebee and his wing was sort of tattered at this point sort of torn and kind of broken and so the pilot had great interest you know being a pilot he had great interest in that and he saw that bumblebee take his little leg and kind of brush that wing off and kind of shake himself and get himself and he got right back into the air coming back after his lunch and the pilot was so amazed he decided to share half of his sandwich with him <laughs> so you got to be willing you got to be willing to go after it you got to be willing to go through some things you got to tell the devil no matter what you throw at me you will not stop me you will not overcome it I will not quit I may be tattered I may be bruised I may be beat up a little bit but I will get what God has for me and live out the promises of God the destiny of God and the purpose of God that he has for my life And so that's why this principle is so powerful because it's what gives us the backbone and gives us the stick-to-itiveness. It gives us this persistence, this something that refuses to quit, refuses to take no for an answer, refuses to allow obstacles to stop it. You know the Bible actually says, Jesus said this, he says, ask, seek, knock. And it's actually written in a present tense gerund. And it's actually saying in a continuing mode, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. You'll receive and the door will be open. And you'll receive the answer. So the Bible's letting us know that if you want to lay hold... You want to lay hold on his promises and his purposes and his will for our lives. You have to be willing to pursue it. You have to be willing to persist. And you have to be willing to make some things happen in your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, make some things happen in your life. You got to make up your mind. You got to make up your mind. You can't have a faint heart. You can't have a lame endeavor. You can't have half a mind. You got to make up your mind and be determined. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and I will not quit. I like Brother Hagen. I was intrigued with Brother Hagen when I first heard his testimony. Brother Hagen, when he was about 15 years old, he was critically ill. And he was literally on his deathbed for a couple of years, right around the age of 15. And he had a deformed heart. He had an incurable blood disease. And he was paralyzed. And the doctors had told him, they said, any of these three conditions is enough to take you out. You won't be able to live with any of them, and you have all three of them combined. 
deformed heart, incurable blood disease, and he was paralyzed. And so Brother Hagen, he received that death sentence from the doctors. And so he knew that if there was going to be any healing, any cure, he knew it was going to have to come from God. Because the doctors had told him, there's nothing we can do. And you need to prepare yourself and be ready to go. And so Brother Hagen knew that if he was going to be healed, it was going to have to be because of God. And so there were several pastors who would come to visit him, some of his family pastors. And he didn't know anything about the Bible, but he felt like there was something. He knew that it would have to come from God. And so he would ask these pastors, is there any divine healing available? And all of these pastors, uh, they said, son, just stay ready to go. Just stay ready to go. Just stay ready to go. And he had about three or four pastors that he asked about divine healing. And all of them just said, son, you know, don't bother yourself with that. Just stay in the middle of the road and stay ready to go. And Brother Hagen, he said, he just wouldn't take that. He just said somehow he felt that if he was going to be healed, it was going to have to come from God. And he said the closest thing he had to God, he had God's book. And he said, if I'm going to be healed, it's in that book somewhere. He said, it's in that book somewhere. My healing is in that book somewhere. Now, keep in mind, he's on his deathbed, just a few months left to live. And he said he looked at the Bible and he saw this huge book and it said Old Testament. And then he saw a smaller one that said New Testament. He said, well, since I don't have long to live, I better just skip the old and go straight to the new. So he jumped into the New Testament and began to study it. He was so weak he could only just read a verse or two at a time. And he was just so weak he could even barely turn a page and it would just take him hours to read one page. But he was so determined that he just kept going through it and he kept digging. And then he began to find the answer. He began to find everything he could find on prayer. He began to find everything he could find on faith. He began to find everything he could find on healing. And man, he started eating it and absorbing it. And it was just a few months later, he had gotten a hold of all the principles himself that the Holy Spirit was teaching him himself. And when he got a hold of the principles, he was lying in bed and he had released his faith. And he says, Lord, he said, I have found it in your word. I have found the principles of faith. I have found the principles of prayer. And I found the principles of healing. And he says, he acted on Mark 11, 23 and 24. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith. And then verse 24, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He got a hold of those two verses. And he said, Father, I have desired healing. For my deformed heart. I have desired healing for the paralysis. I have desired healing for this incurable blood disease. And I believe I receive it in Jesus name. And so he had released his faith. And so the Lord spoke to him. He said now you believe you're healed. He said yes I do. I've seen it in your word. And I release my faith in your promise. Well the Lord said well it's 10 o'clock in the morning. He said anybody healed ought to be up. And now keep in mind, he's bedridden. He hadn't been up in two years. He's bedridden. Well, he said, all right, Lord, since I am healed, I'll get up. And he said he threw his legs over the side of the bed. And he said the moment his feet hit the ground, he felt something like a large pot of honey poured over the top of his head that came down over his body. And he said he was healed. 
he was healed. He walked downstairs to the breakfast table. His family looked at him like they had seen a ghost. His granddaddy said, is Lazarus raised up from the dead? <laughs> he said, yes, the Lord has healed me. And he sat down and had breakfast and then went out and worked in the field. Isn't God good, folks? He persisted. He pursued. He pursued his healing. I want you to know healing didn't just follow him. He had to pursue that. He had to go after it. He had to go after it even when the doctors told him no. Even when the pastors told him no. He found the promises of God and God's word himself. And he went after it and he persisted. And he pursued and he obtained the promise. And so you have to pursue anything that's worthwhile. Anything that's worth having. Your persistent pursuit will make things happen in your life. I like something that... Lewis Patler said, he says, when someone is pursuing their dream, they'll go far beyond what seems to be their limitations. The potential that exists within us is limitless and largely untapped. When you're pursuing your dream, there's something that happens and you go beyond what you're capable of. You go beyond your limitations. There's something that happens when you're pursuing, when you're pursuing something, there's something that happens. There's something that happens when you refuse to quit and when you are determined, when you are determined. I read something that a champion swimmer, this woman had attempted to swim from Cuba to Florida about five or six times and she had failed. But she wouldn't quit. She wouldn't quit. And this was over almost nearly a 40-year span. She wouldn't quit. And she did it again at age 64. And this time she completed it. Set a world record at age 64 in the dark, cold, shark-filled waters without a cage, without any of that. This woman reached her dream. And I listened very carefully because I wanted to see what she had to say. But this is what she said when you're pursuing something. She said these two things. She says, number one, you're never too old to pursue your dream. You are never too old to pursue your dream. C.S. Lewis said, he said, you are never too old to set a new goal or dream another dream. You are never too old. You're never too old to pursue your dream. And number two, she simply said, never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Napoleon Hill, he said that effort only fully releases its reward after a person refuses to quit, when you refuse to quit, that effort begins to release reward in your life. Something begins to happen and you never obtain, you never achieve until you have the tenacity of a bulldog. Somebody said that the nose of a bulldog is slanted backward so that he can continue to breathe without letting go. And that's the tenacity that we are to have when you're pursuing your goals and pursuing your dreams and pursuing your purpose. These are some interesting stories of some people who wouldn't quit. Admiral Peary, he attempted to reach the North Pole seven times and failed, but he made it on number eight. He refused to quit. Oscar Hammerstein had five shows that flopped. They only lasted less than a week each. But his next show was Oklahoma, 
which ran for 269 weeks and grossed over $7 million. He wouldn't quit. He wouldn't quit. And I love this guy. John Creasy received 743 rejection slips from publishers before one word was ever published. He eventually published 560 books which have sold more than 60 million copies. How is that for not quitting? He received 743 rejection slips. I don't know about you, but I think I would have thrown in the towel. (laughs) That's a lot of rejection. 743 rejection slips. But he went on to publish 560 books, sold over 60 million copies. This other gentleman lost 250 consecutive races before he won his first race. So these are people that refuse to quit, people that refuse to quit. You're never too old to pursue your dream and never give up, never give up. Thomas Edison, he said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. And here's a man that took 10,000 times before he perfected that light bulb. And he says, you know, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I just successfully found 10,000 ways that don't work. <laughs> he refused to quit. Tony Davis said, refused to quit. Refused to quit. Refused to quit. When you get to that place where you refuse to quit, when you get to that place where it seems like it's over, it seems like you're done, and you're just about ready to throw in the towel, no, don't quit because that's just the time that the tide begins to turn. That's just the time the tide begins to turn. I came across a little interesting, and I jotted these down. This gentleman, he was so curious about people who were super successful. And it took him seven years, but he interviewed 500 super successful people because he wanted to distill the common traits that they had. He wanted to do this research. And so he took seven years and interviewed 500 successful people. And he came back with eight qualities, eight things about them. Number one, he said, passion. They all had passion. They all had passion. Number two, they all had a strong work ethic. Strong work ethic. Number three, they all became really good at what they did. They all became really good at what they did. Number four, they pushed themselves. They pushed themselves. You know, the Apostle Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize. He was pushing himself. He was pushing himself. He was straining himself, stretching himself. I press. There was a press. There was a press before you reach the prize. There was a press. They pushed themselves. Number five, They served something of value to others. They served something of value to others. Number six, a key component was focus. Focus, 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 focus. In fact, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and another super uber wealthy individual, they were having lunch together. And this man in the restaurant, he noticed these distinguished gentleman, America's wealthiest men, and he walked over to the table. He said, excuse me, I hate to disturb your lunch, but could you all just give me one key to your success? And all three of them yelled out at the same time, focus, 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 focus. And this was one of the keys. Number seven is ideas, ideas. And they said, make connections, look for ideas, listen for ideas, observe, be curious, ask questions, 
uh, be a problem solver, look for ideas. That was one of the key components of their success. And number eight, the final one, was to persist. The one we just talked about, don't quit. Don't quit. Persist. Persist. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Praise God. Praise God. The power of persistence. I just wanted to share these things just to give you some thoughts that if there's anything worthwhile, anything that you pursue in life, whether it's your dreams or goals or your purpose or God's calling in your life or some gift or talent, anything that you pursue that's worthwhile, you have to be able to stick to it. You have to be able to persist. You have to be able to persevere and overcome obstacles and hang in there until you get it and refuse to be denied. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I just pray that this will help you in your pursuit of God and your pursuit of him and your pursuit of his promises and his word in your life and his will for your life. And we pursue him first. And when you pursue him first, he gives you the undergirding for all of your other pursuits in life. He's our first pursuit. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He'll add all these other things to you. And so our number one quest and pursuit is pursuing him, pursuing him, pursuing him. Praise God. Those of you watching my television, I want you to go to brothersoftheword.com. You can listen to this series in its entirety, absolutely free of charge. Power of pursuit and the power of persistence. You can also email it to a friend, absolutely free of charge. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part three of the series titled The Power of Pursuit by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7757. That's 7757. To listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 7757 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh,